Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. Brian, a very good morning to you. Yes, good morning, Kathy. I see that uh, from time to time uh, uh, there are other things that take place uh, when my programs are to be run. Look, you you know what? The the good thing is that we're done with the election cycle, kind of almost. Um, so I'm sure we'll be having much less interruptions, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, n- nice to be back on the show. And uh, Kathy, I, I, I will be I will be coming in mm. at least once before the end of the year. Please, please. I, I, mean, I, I haven't achieved been... new meal. You may just be a robot. <laughs> For all you know, that that's exactly what I am. And, and yeah, you know, we, don't know, we don't know who we're talking to these days. <laughs> and, and you know, Brian, as as we're getting ready to start this conversation, uh, I was telling the listeners about a, a friendly reminder text that I got about the, the price of fuel going up uh, tonight. And people are literally already crying on my timeline on Twitter about the price of petrol and just how significant this jump is. Do you have any reflections on that? Well, you know, Kathy, people need to realize the impact of our economy and the impact of our economy on the currency. And it's not just the price of oil, and the price of oil has risen in the, you know, all over the world, but it's what happens to our rand. And when you convert our rands, and our rand currently trading at 15.40, I mean, our tra- rand was trading two weeks ago at 14.60. So, so many people don't realize and draw the correlation between what's happening in the country from an economic point of view, how people managing to survive, and our currency. And that has a major impact. And that's why our economy is so important that we get that economy growing. We get people working. And this is the impact. And this impact has other, 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 other impacts. This is inflationary. And if it's inflationary and inflation starts to get out of hand, then the only recourse the Reserve Bank has is to raise interest rates. And 95% of working South Africans are, have got debt. And at the moment, over the last two and a half years, their debt cost has been contained because interest rates have been so low. So their cost really has been all the living expenses that they've had. Uh, for pensioners, they don't have debt, so their costs have just been rising. And for pensioners, they want higher interest rates, and working South Africans don't. So it's not just one aspect, the petrol price going up and, and affecting our pockets. What impact does that have on companies delivering and goods being and all the things that, that use fuel? And ultimately, with interest rates going up, that's even more frightening because with the debt you've got and you're now going to be paying – 200, 500,000, who knows how much debt you've got, that much more. It just means the cost of living that's much greater, less to spend in the economy. And then you've got a smaller, fewer people spending money. And then that is a vicious circle because the economy then doesn't move forward and growth doesn't come through and ultimately revenue doesn't collect enough tax. And then they've got to go and borrow money. So it's it's a whole change of events, Cathy, that come from a fall in our currency and the impact ultimately on inflation. Look, I think the best thing that we as consumers can do is uh, to get ourselves as prepared as this for possible uh, as possible. And maybe it's something we can focus on next week, Brian, just to uh, see, you know, what are the things and, and the changes that we can be making now in anticipation um, for for what lies ahead, because we know that the economic situation that at least the majority of, of South Africans are finding themselves in during this time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, also just one thing, I mean, interest rates globally are going to be, uh, you know, there's been a lot of printing of money, it's called quantitative easing, and that's going to come to an end, and really we can see the British budget last week, this week, they intending, it looks like interest rates are going to ride, if they ride in the USA, we want our bond rates to be attractive, so foreigners invest in our bonds, which means that if they do, then, um, you know, and get a higher rate of interest, we start to push an interest rate, yeah, we'll talk about it next week. So I guess there's never been a better time Brian to ask what will give me a better return <laughs> we need investments that will give us returns in this time a money market account or investing in Satrix well let's put it this way firstly let me say to you investing in, in, in the money market account or Satrix is like comparing apples and pears mm. because Investing in banks, fixed deposit, or any money market account, you've got certainty and security. Rates are very low. I compared rates only last week. The rates currently for a 12-month fixed deposit, you can get around about five and a quarter, five and a half percent, and that doesn't that doesn't even beat most people's inflation rates. Uh, but money market is one to three years, no more than that. Uh, when you start going into, uh, into, uh, into Satrix, it's an investment. It's not considered a savings where there's certainty and security. Markets go up and markets go down. And so many factors affect that. The RAND has an impact on that. Uh, interest rates have affected. The market, global markets. So Satrix is investing for long-term growth. It's got nothing to do with saving for the short term. If you want to save for the short term, one to three years, put your money in the bank. You've got your certainty. You know it will be there. Because Satrix can be up 10, 15. It can be down 20% as well. So your time horizon in Satrix needs to be more than five years. And, um, and very simply, and if you watch us on a regular basis, there are times when your investment will be down and you may get nervous. So very big difference to investing in Satrix. Satrix is very much what we call investments. Money market is what we call savings. Let's also talk about the difference then, Brian, between life assurance and funeral cover. Well, look, look, a lot of people think that because they've got funeral cover, they've got enough life insurance. The one's got nothing to do with the other. The funeral, well, life insurance will pay, obviously, if you've got, a, if you've got a half a million rand with a life insurance and you've got funeral expenses of 50,000, when your life policy is paid, then obviously you'll be able to settle the debt for the funeral. A funeral policy is there for an event, only one event at all. That's to cover the cost of the funeral. And, you know, over the last number of years, the cost of funerals may have gone down. But under normal circumstances, traditionally, South Africans bury uh, with, with a lot more expense. And that's why you have a funeral scheme. And hopefully that funeral scheme pays out within a few days. You've just got every company's got different rules, but you've just got to produce the um, death certificate and maybe one or two other documents. Life insurance is there to provide for the long-term needs. But firstly, get rid of debt. Uh, educate your children and then have some money invested to provide an income, particularly for the family, where there may be now shortfall because one of the breadwinners has died. So a funeral is purely there to cover the funeral. Life insurance covers everything, including a funeral. The only disadvantage with life policy, it does take some time to get paid out. They may need, they may need an autopsy, they may need death certificates, they may need a whole lot of other things that then go through underwriters. Underwriters may want to check up if the person died. Did they disclose? In, if they did, if they bought insurance a year ago and they died, 
Ah, they want to know. Did they disclose all ailments that they may have had? Was there any non-disclosure? Whereas a funeral policy will pay out uh, pretty speedily uh, for that funeral. Big difference. And a funeral cover is never enough. Even today, people are finding funerals cost a lot more than what they're insuring for. Uh, There's all these burial schemes and all different types of schemes to cover the funeral. Life insurance is for the long term, and that's where you're talking about much larger sums. Then funeral, you may be talking half a million, even up to 10 million. Just remember, 1 million rands worth of life insurance paid to a beneficiary doesn't give them more if they invest it than 5,000 rand a month. So a million sounds a lot, 5,000 rand a month, uh, where you've got a lot of expenses may not sound a lot. And Brian, just on that issue, does it mean that given the wide spectrum that life assurance covers, that its premiums would be higher than those of funeral cover? Generally? Well, not necessarily long because, you know, a funeral scheme is like a group scheme and, in, and the insurance companies work out that they're young and old, the same as life insurance companies do the actuarial calculations. But life insurance is very dependent on your health status, on your age, if you're a smoker or non-smoker, very big difference. By the way, let me just give people a tip. If you stop smoking and you've got life insurance, please inform your insurance company because you, will get, you can get a discount of up to 30 to 40%. That's the only time insurance companies put their money where their mouths are if you don't smoke. If you tell them you've got a gym every day and you don't eat red meat and you don't eat the, the egg, the, 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 what, the, yolk, egg the yellow, yolk. the egg, all that, you, you, you won't get discounts. But if you tell them you don't smoke, you will. So that's just a little tip for our listeners. If you took out a policy even 10 years ago and five years ago you stopped smoking but you forgot to inform the insurance company, contact them, you'll get discounts. But uh, very simply, uh, the insurance company will, uh, will assess your risk very different to funeral. Funeral, there's a certain, there may be a waiting period, but once you pass that waiting period, because they don't want someone to buy a, pot, a funeral scheme today, die tomorrow, that's selection that's against the company. But life insurance company, they'll assess your risk, they'll assess your, everything about you, and you'll pay accordingly. But the younger you are, the less you pay. I mean, today, for a youngster to buy a million rands with a cover in their 20s and 30s, you may be paying a few hundred rand a month, certainly not more. But someone in their 50s or 60s are paying quite a few thousand for that same type of cover. And remember, money doesn't always buy insurance. Often your health buys it. All right. Brian, we're going to continue this conversation. And of course, you're more than welcome to be part of it. Uh, the number to dial 011-714-2006. You can get in touch with us on that line and ask Brian some of your questions directly. We'll also take voice notes on 614 So you heard that. Quit smoking if you like if you have life insurance and you could have a discount up to 30%. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. Well, we're continuing to talk finance with Brian Hirsch. Uh, Brian, I, I know that there's still a long list of questions for us to get through, but I do want to take some of the callers uh, that are on the line. Let me begin with uh, Tyron. You're calling us south from uh, the south of Johannesburg. Good morning. Hello, are you? I'm all right. I'm good, thank you. Mm. Sorry, your guy was speaking about life insurances and all that on the on your radio station. Yes, he's still on. You're talking about Brian Hirsch. He's still on. Yes, and just a just a follow up. My dad was sick, and he had life insurances. He had disability covers and all that. Yes. Right. And the guy is basically refused to pay his money. 
and it's been in a court for almost four to five years. There were major insurance companies that were Sunlam, that was Sunlam Discovery, Momentum, and All Mutual. And why did they say that they they're not going to make those payouts? They just refused to make payouts. They said he he, he wasn't sick, and we've been to various doctors. We've been to they, they, they never even sent us to their doctors. They just refused. Mm. Right. Um, Tyron, look, life insurance covers death. Uh, sickness is covered, obviously. Disability covers, obviously, while you're alive and, and benefits. Uh, there are a lot of definitions to disability. Tell me, was your fa- is your father permanently disabled? Or when you say sick, only sick, what, what is he? He's permanently disabled. Doctors booked him off for life. And okay, and was he, okay, did he work? Okay, did he work did he work for a company? He was a director of a company. And did that company also put, uh, also, uh, um, put him off? The company put him off. Everyone put him off, basically. His doctors, various people. Okay. And Tyron, one last question. One last question. Okay, one yeah. last question before I return you to our studio to get your details. Um, did your dad get any disability pension from the company he worked for? They never got no disability pensions from the company. Okay. They had insurances to cover all that. Okay, and tell me, where's your dad now? My dad's been at home for the last five years. He's sick, and okay. he will never be okay. able to work again. Okay, My, our, our producer will take you back. Your, our producer will take your phone number, will give me the phone number, and I will try to see what I can... Uh, clean from what has happened. This sounds very, very strange. I can't comment any further on radio. Let me get the details. Uh, I'm willing to have a look at a few. Producer, will you take back this gentleman, Tyron, and get me his details? Yes, yes, that's, that's, that's what level will do, Brian. Thank you. All right. All right. Thanks for that call, Tyron. Uh, let me go to still staying then in the south of Johannesburg at uh, this time in Soweto. Stephen, good morning. Hey, morning, Katie, and morning, Brian. Mm. Morning, Stephen. Initially, I had actually one uh, my, uh, concern for, let's say, the petrol. But can I ask you something about the insurance? Sure. If the let's say, insures me, and someone else in the family insures me, right? In the event that I've passed on, the insurance from what I've heard, other people are saying, the insurance can pay twice. It will actually, if Casey has already claimed, right? then someone who has actually insured me will only get what he or she has actually been paying for, right? So now the question remains. This insurance company was quite aware that two people have insured one person, right? And if it gives the other person now what he, the other person has contributed, what happens to the interest? That is number one, right? So, so, so Stephen, just, yeah. to, just to understand... So are you saying that both Stephen and Brian take out life insurance on Kathy from the same provider, from the same service provider? Exactly. Okay, right. okay, okay. Yeah. And then when I, I would like you to pass on. When I pass on and both of you have insured, right, mm-hmm. only one will get a full payout as per, the, you know, the contract or whatever the contract terms and conditions say, right? But the other then Brian will get only what he has contributed towards to, you know, 
not the full amount. If I was, I was let's say, 30,000, right, mm-hmm. then you'll get 30. But he will get only what he has just contributed. So my word is, what, one, why shouldn't the insurance company say, but this person is already insured by someone, right? Okay. Stephen, let me come in here. There are two different components. One is who is the life assured, and two, who is the owner of the policy. So you can only insure my life if you have an insurable interest in my life. There's a reason why you're insuring my life. Uh, maybe you're supporting me. A, a father supports a, a daughter, insures a father because a father is giving her support. Um, on death of that, of the insured, in other words, if you're all insuring my life and I die, each one of you own a policy will be paid out because at the time of effecting insurance, they would know that their policies on my life and they would ask the question, what's the insurable interest? Once the insurable interest falls away, then it doesn't really matter. Once the policy's in place, it's in place. But if I own a policy on your life and now, uh, and, and I die, the fact that, that, that there's no return on the premiums I paid at all because the premium was covering your life and I passed away. So there's no interest payable on the policies that I may have paid for uh, that, uh, that now will, will not be paid out. Well, that life assured, that policy in your life will have to be taken over by someone else. So the life, the sum assured, in other words, what you'll insure for will be paid out on the death of the person who's covered. And if, if I'm being covered and I die and you have a policy in my life, you'll be paid out. But the policy that I have, that I have on your life where you're not de- dead, that policy, there will be ultimately, there may be a small surrender value on the policy, but today most policies are not sold with surrender value. So very complicated. Life insurance will be paid out, but any, any benefits paid by someone on someone's life, uh, they, if, it's not, if that person hasn't died, they, will be hard, they won't be about. There may be a small surrender value. Okay, thank you. Okay, will take it. With, okay. <laughs> All right. For the benefit of time, for the benefit of time, right? Can I go to the petrol one? Very quickly, Stephen. Sasol in South Africa, Sasol is a South African, you know, company mm. producing fuel, right? And then Saudi Arabia is actually producing fuel there, right? But uh, I guess in Saudi Arabia, the Saudis do get benefits. I mean, they don't pay the same price like the petrol that has been, you know, exported to South Africa. We buy it at a different rate, right? So how come Sasol is not actually, you know, affording us that uh, that what uh, you know to you know to pay less money because it's actually this petrol it's a South African you know product. Okay. Okay, Stephen, I think the point is made there. Uh, and yeah, you're absolutely right. If you go through uh, some of those countries in the Middle East, you look at the price of uh, uh, price of oil and you'll absolutely be in awe at the fact that it can be so reasonable. Brian, we're going to continue with you after the latest uh, 1030 News headlines. Here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> SAFM. 105.6 FM in Palaborwa.
We continue the conversation on the talking point and uh, Brian Hirsch joining us for a, a look at the finance, at least personal finance. We're going to be taking you to the results operations center shortly uh, to get the latest in terms of those results that have started uh, coming in. I've just had uh, some of the projections for Igruleni shared with me. Oh my gosh, it is a bloodbath out there. But before I get to it, I'm going to hold my horses. Winston, you're calling us from Kabeja. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm all right. How are you, Ntate Winston? You, you're going to I'm keep playing, it short, you know, right? You know, you know, you know, I'll be short. I'll be short. I'm okay. praying tomorrow to take me because of I want to comment about election tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Brian, okay. I've got only, I've got you, Brian. I've got the only first uh, one. You've, you, you, you've won 20 million rand. How are you going to invest that 20 million rand? That's my first question. You've got 20 million rand. How are you going to, to invest that 20 million rand? Secondly, I was not happy with your answer. How can a bank, if he repossesses his car, he repossesses his, 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 his house, still I'm going to pay that robbery? Lastly, Kathy, tax free investment, stock exchange, offshore, offshore investment, what are the advantages? Tax free, what are the advantages? That's my, that's my last question, Kathy. All right. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Dr. Weston. Brian? Kathy, help me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help you, Brian. I'd be, I'd be calling you for help. How do you invest 20 no, million? No, no, no. I, I couldn't hear half the questions. Oh, you couldn't hear the questions. Okay. So um, I think maybe the, for the interest, in the interest of time, um, the biggest one is if you had 20 million, if you won 20 million, how would you be reinvesting it? Okay, so let, me, so let me just give you the principles of investing. There are three principles. One, are you looking for growth? And if you're looking for growth, that, therefore, you're going to forfeit income because growth companies don't pay a lot of dividends or income. Two, are you looking for income? How important is income? And if income is important and you've got to forfeit growth on 20 million, you wouldn't have a problem. But first thing you'd look at is what income do you need? You would then ring fence a certain amount of that money to provide you with the income you need on an annual basis. And then you would invest the balance for growth. And in some cases, if, it's, if you want a lot less, you'd be looking at a balance between income. You'd be looking at the balance between um, in, income and growth. So it's what you would fit in within that category. Someone would have to do a financial needs analysis, understand you'd obviously pay off all your debt. You would then have a cash lump sum. You would then, depending on your age, what you're looking for, how long, you, you may decide you want to create trust. There may be a reason for a trust. So it's a much bigger picture. That one, that one is simple enough. Why do you go offshore? I'll give you a simple answer for that. In South Africa, we make less than one, we, we make up less than 1% of world GDP. There's 99% out there that you could be invested in that you can't invest in South Africa. So when I'm looking offshore, I'm saying to myself, where are people being able to spend money? Consumers in South Africa don't have money. Therefore, I want to be invested in companies that also may not be in South Africa. When you think about all the different industries that you can't invest in South Africa, if you think of companies like Big Tech, iCloud Consulting, if you look at streaming, if you look at gaming, if you look, look at digital payment services, climate change, healthcare, 
uh, aerospace industry, robotics. You can't invest in South Africa in all these new generation type industries. So that's why I go offshore. And then as an added bonus, because South Africa's inflation rate is higher than the inflation rate of, our, of global companies we, countries we deal with, we're going to have some depreciation in the RAND, as we're seeing at the moment. The RAND going from 14 to 60, 1460 to 1547 is back to 1536. Over a 10-year period, I'm going to get some RAND depreciation for various economic factors. And therefore, not only will I get the benefit of RAND depreciation, but I'll also be able to invest in the Apples and the Teslas and the things I can't invest in South Africa. That's why you go offshore. But you do not go offshore when you're looking for income. You stay in South Africa because you can get far better interest rates in South Africa, either through even government bonds or other, other instruments, whereas globally you'll get nothing. You go offshore purely for growth, and therefore you've got to be thinking long-term, five years longer. All right. Thank you so much for that, Brian Hirsch. And he'll be back next week, Tuesday. And like I said, we'll, we'll focus then on uh, particularly what we're seeing in terms of these oil prices and how we as consumers can better prepare our pockets for what potentially lies ahead. Brian, always a pleasure. Before you go, just some of your contact details. Zero one one double eight zero four triple eight zero one one double eight zero four triple eight. Our line was down for eight days, so if people did try to call, my apologies. Uh, please call again zero one one double eight zero four triple eight. Give me where all your details. Most important, where are you phoning from? In case I call you and then I can't get hold of you, at least I can pass your question on to someone in your area. And then we've got that one caller that's going to you got the studio. You're going to let me have his phone number with his father, where his father's been disabled for five years, and none of the companies want to pay. Absolutely. Thank you so much uh, for that, Brian Hirsch. And you can, of course, join the conversation again uh, with Brian next week, Tuesday.